It's November, today's the 2nd, and this is the 20th episode of the MMA Mike podcast. Last Saturday, on Halloween, we had UFC Fight Night Hall versus Silva in the Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uriah Hall defeated Anderson Silva via KO in round four. You know, the first two rounds kind of were a little bit slow. You know, the first round definitely for the first half of it was slow. They were feeling each other out. I thought Silva started to look good at the end of the first round and even the beginning of the second. Hall took it took him a little bit to get going, but in that third round he started to feel himself and uh, you know, started to figure out Silva a little bit, caught him in the end of the third, and then ended up getting it done in the fourth round. I think Uriah Hall looked pretty good. You know, he is gun shy in some of his fights. You never know who, which Uriah Hall is going to show up. You know, it can de- depend. And and uh, I, I, I think although he beat an old Anderson Silva, I think he's continuing to improve. He's got a good camp around him. And I also think, you know, with a couple wins, he could pot- potentially get a title fight. Now, who he'll have to beat, I don't you know, I don't make the matches for the UFC, but there's a couple fights that I'd like. I mean, I think if he can beat a Yoel Romero right now in good fashion, I think that he could get a title fight right away. You know, a fight like that, one win, if he can finish Yoel, I think he could get the champion. But if he doesn't, or if he takes another fight, he might have to win two fights in order to get there. I like opponents like Kevin Gastelum, Derek Brunson, maybe even uh, Chris Weidman. And obviously I mentioned Yoel Romero, who I'd like to see, you know, that fight was scheduled. It got canceled because Yoel got hurt. I would like to see that get rescheduled and then have the fight. I think it'd be a great fight. And if your eye can finish him, I'd like, I, I think he may deserve a title shot. Now, Anderson Silva. Yes, he's old. He's 34 and 11 now. He, it's a shame because the guy was so legit and dangerous and just one of the all-time goats when he was in his prime and and it's a shame that you know he's kind of hanging on a little too long in my opinion you know he's I understand that he loves the sport of mixed martial arts and it's hard to let go but you could still be involved in other ways I think that he really he shouldn't have hung on as long as he has you know his past fights they've all mostly been losses it's just been difficult for him and now he's getting knocked out like this I think it's just it's not the right thing and and Dana White said he shouldn't have let him fight this fight and that he's not going to let him fight ever again in the UFC and Anderson Silva I think knows this and I think he knows he's not going to fight in the UFC ever again but he's talking like he may fight somewhere else I understand he loves the sport, and maybe if he goes somewhere else, he won't face as hard a competition, and he'll be able to do better, which could be a thing, but maybe he should have did that way earlier. That way he didn't put all these losses on his record against all these hungry, young, up-and-coming guys, and he wouldn't look as you know defeated. It's kind of a shame, you know, these new UFC viewers oh they hear about anderson silva like he was great but they see kind of this older guy who's getting getting losses you know and and not quite what he was doing at the time they only hear about this legend that he used to be and it's kind of a shame but 
you know, I'm not taking anything away from him. I do remember seeing him do some spectacular things and I've seen him do some spectacular things. And for a 45 year old guy, he's still performing quite well, but he's shouldn't be facing guys almost 10 years younger than him. It's just my opinion. Uh, he's not as fast as he used to be. And obviously his chin isn't quite as where it used to be. So I do think he should retire if he does stay or if he does, you know, continue to do martial arts and compete. I think he should go to a promotion where the guys aren't that good and take just some money fights against some older guys. The UFC definitely isn't the right place for him. So I'm happy Dana is putting a stop to that. And, you know, I'd hope he just I hope his family tells him, you know, this is it. I hope Dana kind of can convince him and he puts a stamp in his career and he had a great one. Although he may have tarnished a little bit of the end, I do believe he will go down as one of the main goats. You know, I, I think he's up there with the George St. Pierre, the the John Jones and Habib Nurmagomedov and, you know, others as well. But I think he's definitely up there with, with how he was in his prime in the beginning of his UFC career. And even before that, you know, he came into the UFC a little bit later in his life. So the things he's been able to do are pretty pretty amazing Anderson Silva thank you good main event I enjoyed watching it but the co-main event in my opinion was probably the best fight of the night between Bryce Mitchell and Andre Feely Bryce Mitchell really impressed me with his performance you know Andre Feely's definitely the hardest fighter he's fought to date and Feely had a good fight as well but Bryce Mitchell just his ground game is just too good and was just enough to get the win he won by unanimous decision. You know, I think he definitely won the first round. I think Feely did a good job in the second, outstruck him, got that reversal, and I think he won the second. And Bryce Mitchell knew, you know, to make this definitive, I have to win the third round and completely dominated on the ground in the third round. He had a total of 10 minutes and 12 seconds of control time out of 15 minutes of the fight, which is spectacular. He was 7 for 13 in takedowns. And his striking looked good. You know, it's not like he's just a straight-up grappler. I mean, yes, he's got dominant grappling, but his striking was good as well. He was able to hit Feely. Now, was that because Feely was concerned about takedowns? Probably. Is it a little bit of a Khabib style and, and threat? Yeah, but who cares? It's mixed martial arts, and I think Bryce Mitchell looked good. I think Andre Feely did look good. It's just... Bryce Mitchell's ground game was too good. You could see how Andre Feely's ground game is very good. He was able to control a lot and not take too much damage and try to get out and scramble, and he was, but Bryce Mitchell's too good. You know, his levels are that high, and I, I, I think it's time for him to, you know, get, really start moving up. I mean, he's now going to crack the top 15. Um, we'll see who he takes on next. I think it's time to, you know, really start developing this guy and get him up, you know, give him somewhere from 15 to 10, maybe get two fights in there. So if he wins again, give him another guy in there and then give him somewhere from 10 to 5, you know, and see how he does with that and go from there. But this guy, I think, is legit. He's tough. He's hardworking. He's 14 and 1. He's got his camo shorts. And I'm excited to see what's next for him. And Andre Feely, you know, unfortunately, he's a legit guy. He's been around for a long time. He's 21 and 8. He's done a lot. He's fought a lot of tough guys. And it, you know, 
just bad matchup for him. He he was not the better fighter that night, and he'll be back. You know, unfortunately, he's not gonna be in the rankings, but he may be able to get there. Some fix some things. You know, he's getting to the point where he's had so many fights. He isn't too too old, but I know he said he feels like he should be the champion, but it's tough. You know, you just beat, you just lost to a guy like Bryce Mitchell. Not that Bryce isn't bad. I I believe he could be a future champion, but potentially if he continues to improve, but he's in a tough spot with, with all the experience he's been, that probably is a fight he needs to win if he wants to get there eventually. So before that, Maurice Green got knocked out by Greg Hardy in the second round. You know, Hardy almost got him out in the first round, but got it done in the second. Maurice really didn't show too much. I didn't think he looked that great. Hardy showed that he has tremendous power, although he does need to work on his cardio. He uh, hurt Green in the first round and floored it and, you know, almost gassed out, it looked like. But in the second round, you know, he looked like that little break in between gave him a little bit of time. He did kind of, I think, regain some when he was on top in the first round. But in that second round, he caught him again and emptied the gas tank again. If Green somehow survived, I think Hardy was in trouble because Hardy's gas tank was very low. I think he needs to really work on it. But his power shows. And yes, maybe next time don't floor it on the gas pedal maybe work it a little bit more and he wouldn't have to worry about the fuel as much maybe you know not going to zero to 100 will do it you know what i mean but that's for him to decide and him to work on but i I do like what i see from him i think he needs to improve on some stuff but keep getting him fighters keep letting him fight keep letting him improve and i think within a year or two he could be fighting those guys in the top five Kevin Holland defeated Charlie Ontiveros in a very interesting way. In the first round, he kind of took him down with his arm kind of pinned, and I think he hurt his neck. It was a verbal submission. Not great fight, if I'm being honest. I mean, good performance by Holland, but not a great fight just because, like, I don't know, it was weird. It was basically a stoppage because of injury, not really anything else, but... Holland obviously is legit. He's very good. Um, I'm excited to see him continue in the middleweight division. And Ontiveros is credit to him for stepping up. Holland was supposed to fight other fighters. He keeps getting guys dropping out of his fights. Unfortunately for him, Ontiveros is a welterweight stepping up in the middleweight. He should definitely stick to to uh, welterweight. He's very thin for middleweight. But I'd like to see him fight. He looked like he had some good striking. Uh, against Holland. Holland wanted to go to the ground because of Ontiveros striking. So I'd like to see him in a in a fight relatively soon. Hopefully his neck's okay and he can compete soon. But uh, Holland obviously is, is legit. I'd like to see him fight maybe before the year is done against a good, good uh, fighter, contender, and let him move up those ranks. And for the first fight on the main card, Bobby Green lost to Tiago Moses. You know, Tiago Moses is dangerous. He almost got the heel hook submission on Bobby Green. Tiago Moses won two of the three rounds, in my opinion. And it was a close fight. I think, you know, Bobby Green probably could have won as well. But Tiago Moses' striking looked pretty legit. Bobby Green just kind of looked too comfortable and too confident. And it looked like he really wasn't taking it as serious as he should have. 
And um, Moses took advantage. Moses was swinging hard and came out strong and fixed some of the mistakes that he had against uh, Michael Johnson. And, uh, you know, in the striking department, obviously, he did win by submission. So I think Tiago Moses is pretty legit, and uh, he should start moving up as well, especially with that ground game he has. The submission game is dangerous, and if he can prove that he's dangerous on the feet, could be a legit lightweight. Bobby Green... Was it because he was too active this year? Probably not. Just probably too much confidence and too uh, content with what he was doing in there instead of trying to go in there and get the kill. The prelims were very entertaining. We had four knockouts, one submission, and one decision, unanimous decision. Good fights. I, I saw some great things. Alexander Hernandez's performance was very good. He's going to start making his return. Giannis, uh, Adrian Giannis had a beautiful knockout kick. Strickland striking against Jack Martian looked very good. And there was obviously some other great performance. Jason Witt, absolute uh, dominance. And then finishing with an arm triangle. Uh, Justin Jacoby, uh, or Jacoby rather, knockout win. And to lead off the night, Miles Johns had a fucking crazy knockout on kevin navidad put him absolutely out navidad almost did a backflip because of how knocked out he was and that was the whole card pretty much uh i gave you the bigger breakdown of the main card ufc fight night hall versus silva and uh you know i'll give you a little bit of breakdown on the middleweight division now because we just had a middleweight main event and uh Uriah Hall was ranked number 10. He fought an unranked fighter in Anderson Silva and beat him, so I don't know how much his rank's going to move. But in front of him, I'll tell you, you have at number 9, you have Chris Weidman. At number 8, you have Kelvin Gastelum. And number 7, you have Derek Brunson. I could see him fighting any of these guys. Uh, and a win could put him in contention for a number 1 contender's bout. Or I really do think a win over the number 5 ranked guy, Yoel Romero, with a, a spectacular finish, I do believe. I think that's key. Could put him at, you know, the number one contender spot. Obviously, I think Whitaker's got to get his rematch before anything. I think Paulo Costa should probably fight the number three guy in Jared Cannonier. Paul Costa's number two. So I'd say you square those guys off. You got Jack Hermanson at number four. I I'm pretty sure he's going to fight Darren Till at number six. And the middleweight division's looking pretty pretty uh, set up. There is some news from Dana White that Israel Adesanya is going to move up to 205 and take on Jan Blachowicz for the light heavyweight bout title fight. Uh, I think that's a great fight. I mean, I don't even know where I'm, where I'm at with that yet. I think I like Jan as an underdog, if I'm being honest with you. But that may be just because I like to root against Adesanya. And then after that fight's done, I do believe Whitaker should get his chance at the title again. And then from there, we'll go with whoever's next. And you obviously have to see who wins. You know, who knows? Maybe if Whitaker wins, they're going to make a trilogy. So we will see. But last thing I'm going to mention is about the lightweight division. I know I've been mentioning them quite often. But there's new news since I've talked last. Dana White has come out and said that he believes Habib may come back for 30 and 0, which makes some sense. Reason being, you know, his father wanted him to reach three and, uh, 30 and 0. 
Also, he was very emotional in the octagon when he retired. Third, I did think after some time, I was thinking more so like a year or two since he's pretty young, that he would come back and try and get 30-0 and and, and add a legacy fight to whoever's on top in those next you know year or two. But it would make sense if he just does it now, you know, and then he could retire. And if he does feel like coming back, then he could still, you know, he could do this 30 and 0 next year or around a year from now, you know, and then take two, two years off and then come back and maybe do a legacy fight with one of these new guys or, or up and coming guys that he thinks worth adding to his legacy and taking that chance. So I, I, you know, I think it's worth it, you know, and uh, it's interesting that Dana White now is kind of feeling that vibe from Habib. It does kind of make sense. And uh, if Habib does decide to just stay retired, then I'm all right with that, too. And I think a lot of people are as well. And uh, who knows, you know, we may see him in the future, but we'll see. Now, next thing he did, Dana White, that is, confirmed that Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier should be all set. It's not going to be for a title. Habib's going to hold on to the title, I think, until they decide what Habib wants to do. Fine. I don't think they need to make a, a title bout or an interim, interim championship bout. I don't think they need to do it. Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier, it'll head on whatever event. And then, you know, I say the winner of that is going to fight the winner of whoever else they make in that division. You know what I mean? I think... I think what you do probably is Tony Ferguson versus Michael Chandler. And if that fight can't happen, for whatever reason, you make Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. And then the winners of each of those two bouts will face each other for the undisputed scrap when Khabib leaves. I don't believe Khabib will defend his championship again. I don't think so. Uh, I think he'll move up to 170 and face the, the champion there, or he'll try to have a legacy fight with GSP. That's my prediction right there, and I think it makes most sense for the lightweight division to have Dustin Poirier face Conor McGregor, and then Michael Chandler face either Justin Gaethje or Tony Ferguson, and the winners square off. Now, there's going to be an odd man out. It, I believe it'll end up being Justin Gaethje. Why? Because he's been the most active. He just faced the champion. He could take some time off anyway. And he could even face one of the winners of each set. He, he'll get in there somehow. You know, there's other guys like Charles Oliveira. Personally, I think you make Oliveira versus Dan Hooker. That's just my opinion. You could even throw Paul Felder into the mix with Oliveira. There's options in the lightweight division. But I told you what I think makes most sense. You may agree with me. You may not. But whatever we see, I think it'll be super entertaining. There, there's endless amounts of combinations you could do, and I think it's great. It'll be very entertaining. This was episode 20. Thank you guys for tuning in.